Hello, friends, and welcome to Everyday Truth with Kurt Skelly. We're here to show that the Bible is relevant to your life every single day. We're so glad you joined us here for the conversation as we go verse by verse through the book of Jeremiah. Our series, The Hard Truth, is looking at this Old Testament prophet's messages of sorrow, judgment, and hope. Now, let's join Kurt for today's episode. Good morning, friends. Welcome back to today's episode. Wanted to give a big shout out to all of the kids that listen to Everyday Truth. If you are a young teenager or even younger than that, and you listen to this podcast, I just want to say thank you, thank you, and thank you for doing that. What a blessing. I wish I had the opportunity to have a podcast when I was a kid. But I grew up in the dark ages, and we didn't have anything. We wouldn't know what a podcast was. We knew a pod that was uh, something that peas grew in, and we knew a cast that was something that you wore on your arm if you broke it, but we didn't know what a podcast was. So thank you for listening. It certainly does mean a lot to me. We are in Jeremiah chapter 23 today. If you want to uh, follow along, we're in verse number seven. The Bible says, therefore... Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that they shall no more say, the Lord liveth, which brought up the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt. So there's coming a day when the common refrain of the people won't be, wow, remember the Red Sea and the miracle of the parting of the Red Sea? It it won't be that they forget that, but that won't be the first thing they think about. Look at verse number eight, but... The Lord liveth, which brought up, uh, which brought up, and which led the seed of the house of Israel out of the north country, and from all countries whither I had driven them, and they shall dwell in their own land. So there's coming a future blessing when God will restore people from captivity, which happened uh, back then when the Babylonian captivity ended, and Zerubbabel and Joshua the high priest brought the people back and they rebuilt the temple. We call it the Ezra temple, the second temple. That happened, and of course, it happened again as God's people have been scattered for many thousands of years, or at least a couple thousand years, and God reinstituted and reconstituted the nation in 1948, the nation of Israel. Now, that reconstitution is not complete because the nation of Israel today, they're unbelievers. They don't admit that Jesus is Messiah or that he came and is the Messiah they need. And so there's still work to be done. There's a physical restoration to the land. God has certainly miraculously brought them back, but there remains to be a a, a spiritual restoration when they look on him and realize that Jesus indeed was a Messiah that they missed. And that day will come as well. But the point here is that God said, there's coming a day, there's hope of a blessing of restoration and reconstitution to the land, and the people will be talking about that fresh blessing. And I guess my application to all of you today would be, are the only blessings you talk about the blessings that happen way, way back yonder, or are you talking about the fresh blessings of God, the things that are yet to happen, the big things that God is doing now? And that's the point here, is that our God is not the I was, 
but our God is the I am. And there are fresh opportunities and blessings for God's power to be manifest in our life even today and in the near future. Look at verse number nine, where the writer goes on to say, and and specifically in verse nine, this is now Jeremiah responding. So in verses one through eight, uh, it's really a message But in verse number nine, it's a reaction to the message. And the reaction to the message is the reaction of the preacher himself. It's the reaction of Jeremiah. And I would just say this, that it's important that preachers hear their own messages. Now, every time I've ever listened to my own podcast or my own message uh, that I've preached, I'm always very critical, like, oh, uh, that's awful, and I wish I could say that better, and I say um too much, and I stutter too much, and my gestures are distracting, and I think I speak for most preachers when I say we don't like to hear ourselves preach, but the point here is that it's not the message per se, but it's what God said through Jeremiah, and as Jeremiah can can considers the weight of his own message that God has given him, he responds to it very emotionally. And I would say that it's very important that preachers don't become inured, hardened, calloused to their own message. And that not just adopt a, I am the mailman and I just bring the mail and here's your mail and you need to read it. That's not the heart of a preacher. The heart of a real preacher is that the message of God should not only come through him, it it should, but it also should come to him. He should be equally as convicted, touched, moved by the message of God that comes through him than the message that, that, that comes to him. And I would say this, a teacher should learn twice. And that, that should be so true. Though some of you are, are teachers of small groups, Sunday school classes, maybe you do Awana or teach your own children in the homeschool, whatever the case may be, it's important that as we teach, we realize that we're learning too. And so when I say a teacher learns twice, what I mean by that is as you teach what you've already learned, you're kind of learning again as you teach. Have you ever taught a lesson and in the middle of your lesson, you thought, oh, that was good. Where did that come from? God, the Holy Spirit. And Jeremiah here is expressing emotion for a message that's touching him as well. Look at verse number nine. Mine heart within me is broken because of the prophets. So as Jeremiah considers this message and considers the the people that are listening and not listening, he's looking at competing messages that the other prophets are preaching at the same time that Jeremiah is the lone voice preaching his message. You have all these other prophets who claim to be speaking for God. And it breaks Jeremiah's heart because he knows that their message is just fluff and filler. He knows that their message is not from God. And watch how that affects him. Verse number nine, my heart within me is broken. I have a broken heart because of the prophets. All my bones shake. I'm like a a drunken man and like a man whom wine hath overcome because of the Lord and because of the words of his holiness. In other words, the message that God has given me, it it just, it, 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 it 
totally consumes me and affects me. Like, like wine can totally consume and affect a person. So the message of God has consumed me. And in a negative sense, it, it make it breaks me down. In a positive sense, it's what fills my life. Look at verse number uh, 10. For the land is full of adultery. This is another thing that grieves Jeremiah. The land, the land is full of adultery. I think both literally and figuratively. I think that morally, the country was bankrupt and they weren't practicing God's principles. And there was physical adultery taking place, both, uh, well, we'll go on and talk about that here in a bit, but also spiritual adultery. The fact that they were worshiping false gods like Baal, as we shall mention here in a bit. So it was physical and spiritual adultery. And Jeremiah's looking at this and it's grieving him. Verse number 10, for because of swearing, the land mourneth false oaths. The pleasant places of the wilderness are dried up. Their course is evil. Their force is not right. For both prophet and priest are profane. And the word profane means they are anything but holy. They, they are disregarding of the holiness of God. Uh, they are living lives devoid of any sense of, of holiness and closeness and sanctity. And the Bible says, and that's true of the prophet, the one who speaks for God. And that's true of the priest, the one that's supposed to represent mankind to God. Wh whether it's coming this direction from heaven to earth or this direction from earth to heaven, in both ways, the lines of communication are entirely profane. Look at it, verse number 11. Yea, in my house have I found their wickedness, saith the Lord. So the prophet and the priest, they are misbehaving. They are profane. They are anything but close to God. And yet they are practicing religion. They are in the house of God, in the temple, going through the external motions of religion. And yet all of it is just a sham. All of it is just a complete debauchery of what it ought to be. And Jeremiah looks at all of it and says, I grieve. I grieve to see this. This is a place that ought to reflect holiness. This is a place where people ought to be hearing the word of God. This is a place where their sins uh, ought to, be, they ought to come with a sincere sense of, of, uh, of ownership of their sins and realize that the priests are offering sincere sacrifices to God. None of that's happening. It's all a complete uh, circus. Would you look at verse number 12? Wherefore, their way, that's the way of these false prophets, the way of these crooked priests. Wherefore, their way shall be unto them as slippery, slippery ways in the darkness. So they're, they're not going to have a sure-footedness. They're not going to have clear direction. That's slippery. That's darkness. They shall be driven on and fall therein, for I will bring evil upon them. Even the year of their visitation, saith the Lord. Uh, I am going to deal with this, said God, in my time. The year of their visitation. I have, the, I have this marked. I know when this will happen. They will not stand and they will not last. They will not stand. It's slippery and dark. They will not last. It's the year of their visitation. Verse number 13, and I have seen folly in the prophets of Samaria. They prophesy in Baal and cause my people Israel to err. So now God goes back down memory lane and says, this happened in the capital of Israel. And what happened to them? 
This happened in the worship of Baal. Remember back in the days of people like Ahab and Jezebel? Well, they've been gone now as a nation for 150 years. Look at verse number 14. I have seen also in the prophets of Jerusalem and horrible thing. In other words, now in the present time, Jerusalem, the capital of Judah, you're behaving just like Samaria, the capital of Israel. And we know what happened to them. Verse number 14 again, they commit adultery. They walk in lies. They strengthen also the hands of evildoers that none doth return from his wickedness. They are all of them unto me as Sodom. The the, the inhabitants thereof as Gomorrah. Therefore, thus saith the Lord of hosts concerning the prophets, behold, I will feed them with wormwood. That's that's, uh, bad tasting food. Make them drink the waters of gall, poisonous drink. For from the prophets of Jerusalem is profaneness gone forth into all the land. What is God saying? God is saying things have become just as bad as they were 150 years ago when I had to destroy, allow Israel to be destroyed. And more than that, this is like Sodom and Gomorrah. What I'm seeing is Sodom and Gomorrah. And people in the present never like to think of themselves as being evil as those nefarious historical examples. And yet that's exactly what's happening here. Boy, there's much more to say about that, but I'm going to quit in verse number 15. For sake of time, we'll come back to verse number 16 next episode. I sure do hope you'll join us again for that. Thanks for listening today. God bless you, my friends. Thanks for taking time to listen. If you enjoy Everyday Truth, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast or share it with a friend. Until next time, God bless.